You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's going on, U.S. Cellular customers? I've got good news, so don't hit skip, at least not yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What is Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. No, I didn't just misread that. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular exclusive offers just for you, just to say thank you. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. Terms apply. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, turn your mute button off. This is the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. You'll have to apologize if you hear Matt Ramage randomly. I'm recording as much as I can up until the moment when I have to do the thing with him. Why do you do that? It's doing that thing again. Where the volume just randomly goes down. It, it was good for a long time. I thought I was doing it. It just did it. I just watched it happen. I didn't touch anything. My hands I just were dropped again. I hate this freaking thing. I apologize if you can't hear me. I'm going to have to scream into my microphone. And it just went down again. F you, dude. Why is it doing that? Anyways, uh, let's talk about some football. A couple things. Oh, my good Lord. Anyways, I apologize for everything that I am and everything I will become. So the Matt Ramage thing is done. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, I do want to try my best to change the topic today, if I if I if we could possibly do that. Um, not going to talk about Carolina. We got a little bit of time left for that. One thing I wanted to start with. We got a little bunch of little things to kind of root through here. Actually, you know what? I I'm sorry. This 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 tab has been up forever. I want to get rid of it, but I I have to give a shout out here. This was from days ago. I started seeing people promote this firejoeberry.com. And I honestly didn't even know if it was a real website. I thought it was just something somebody did. And then I found out it was a real site. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be something stupid. I figured it might be a one pager that leads to maybe like a sign a petition thing. Bro, <laughs> firejoeberry.com is like a hundred pages. Not literally, but there is so much here. So at the top is a picture of Joe Barry's face. Fire Joe Barry is at the top. Joe, Barry time, uh, Joe Barry's time in Green Bay must come to an end. Writes a little paragraph about why this needs to happen. Has a, uh, a tweet embedded on it with uh, Big B. It says, Joe Barry Masterclass, just a gate guarding a fence, which is a funny little thing. And then sign the petition. Then you, you scroll down. Why does Joe Barry need to be fired? We're glad you asked. Here's the proof. Dude, there's bra- film breakdowns. Week 15 against Tampa with, like, multiple paragraphs describing what is wrong with it. Week 5 against Reader. Week 4 against the Lions. Just on and on and on. 
breaks down the week four against the Lions thing after several paragraphs, gave up 13 straight points in the fourth quarter, gave up 446 total yards, gave up 211 rushing yards, gave up 27 first downs, gave up nine. Like, this is a lot of stuff. And then at the bottom, it just says, are you kidding? They show constantly linebackers, you know, Preston and, and Devondre being put out, split out against like top corners. They show all the different amount of times that there's cushion and, you know, on the goal line, Rudy Ford standing like in the goal line, just all kinds of stuff. So that in and of itself was impressive, but it's not done. Overall defensive woes under Joe Barry. It shows Packers run defense since 2012, and it shows the DVOA and uh, rush EPA per play and the ranks. And it goes all the way back to 2012 for Joe Barry. Now, obviously, he hasn't been here since 2012, but it was 13th, 31st, 22nd, 19th, 15th, 8th, 2017, 30th, 27th, 18th, 28th, and 31st uh, last year. That doesn't even include this year. But if we just look at 2021 and 2022, the run defense DVOA was 28th and 31st. The defensive rush EPA per play is 31st and 30th. Goes on to say, here's how the Packers defense finished the 2022 season. 17th in points allowed, 17th in total yards allowed, 28th in yards allowed per play, 21st in turnovers created, 6th in passing yards allowed, 12th in passing touchdowns allowed, 24th in passing yards allowed per attempt, 26th in rushing yards allowed, 23rd in rushing touchdowns allowed, 28th in rushing yards allowed per attempt, 24th in penalties committed, 25th in turnover percentage. Dude did his freaking homework. Like, I I, I should have just done a whole episode on all this stuff. I mean, I, I'm kind of starting it that way after I just promised you we weren't going to talk about Joe Barry. But I just, I, the funny thing is they, they've got the little, uh, what, what do you call that thing? The emoticon or what the heck is it? Oh, favicon. That's what it's called. The favicon, the picture up on the tab is Joe Barry's face, and I've been seeing it for days. I'm like, I got to get this done. Then the next section is, what is everybody saying? I was a little sad I wasn't included in this, but I guess I haven't been super negative on Joe Barry. But anyways, tons and tons of tweets just talking about Joe Barry and not being very good, right? A lot of common or uh, familiar, I should say, Packers Twitter accounts. Then we've got national coverage. Coverage of the Packers, uh, horrible. No good defense under Joe Barry, PackersNews.com. Doherty, Joe Barry's fate appears sealed after Packers defensive flop against the Buccaneers. Forbes, Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry back in the hot seat after fourth quarter collapse. Matt LaFleur is extremely loyal, perhaps to a fault, blah, 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 blah. Just talks on and on and on. Then you got Bleacher Report, Cheesehead TV, NFL.com, Wisconsin Sports Heroics, PackersNews.com. So all the national coverage stuff. Then you've got a Twitter thread that you can follow. Then after the disclaimer is, days Joe Barry has been with the Packers, 1,045 days, 20 hours, 18 minutes, and 15 seconds, according to when I'm recording this. So, if you are frustrated with Joe Barry, there is an official petition. You know what? I haven't even signed this. I, the only reason I really... Oh, there we go. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to find out how many signatures. There are 2,941 signatures. I'm surprised that's not bigger, honestly. The goal is 5,000. <laughs> and people are paying money. Oh... That's funny. I see one, two, three, four, five, six people that actually donated money to this cause, which I would assume just goes to the guy that built this because we can't buy his way out. But anyways, that's funny. Anyways, what I wanted to do is find out who built the website. And I figured the smartest way to go about doing that is to go to firejoeberry.com on Twitter, sort by um, you know latest, and then scroll all the way to the bottom and find out who is the first person to post it. Now, hilariously, you can go back to like 2016 or whatever year, and it was like Lions fans who were like, who wants to start this website? But anyways, the first Packers guy I found was a guy by the name of, go figure, Fire Joe Barry. 
at Fire Joe Barry now. So go follow Fire Joe Barry now, if for no other reason than the dude put in a psychotic amount of work to create that website. He says on here, Joe Barry has to go. I thought it was a business. How is he still around? Weekly stats updates at FireJoeBerry.com. So he's continuing to update this thing. Oh, anyways, I, I just was impressed that somebody went to that, um, you know, to that extent. Speaking of tabs that I really need closed, um, this Devondre Campbell thing, I've kind of hinted at it and made little sideways comments about it and whatnot. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and do it head on here. Uh, if you watch the Matt Ramage thing, I just got done talking about it, so you kind of get the gist. So let me read it and then kind of give, I guess, my thoughts on it. And this is still up. It's still his top post, whatever. It says, not going out my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries anymore because when stuff goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they give me. Focus on yourself and your mental 59. You owe it to yourself. So, um, so, so my first reaction was he's flipping out because people are trashing him. And, um, he says, I, I, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore, which is freaking nonsense. So the part I don't like is, is essentially the first part. And to be clear, I get where he's coming from, but you can't say crap like this. Like this is weak, soft nonsense. Even if you feel it, even if you want to scream it in your coach's face, just as kind of like a whatever, don't go run into social media to say this stuff. Like focus on your your focus on yourself and your emotions and, and all that stuff. And don't push yourself too hard. And I'm like, come on, man, don't be doing this stuff. Not going out of my way anymore and not playing through injuries anymore. I mean, I'm sorry that that's immediate red flag. You're not going to be on this team anymore, period. You can't, you can't do it. And, and, and I don't think that that's true. I think he's making a point, but you can't say that stuff. That's not good for you. It's not good for your image. It's not good for your relationship with the Packers, which maybe you don't care, but it's not good with the relationship with the rest of the 31 teams either. You can't be running to social media saying that stuff. Now, if we go from there and really kind of think about it, which obviously I've read this now 17 times, and every time you read it, you kind of get a little bit more context behind it. But again, my first thought was he's talking mostly about the fans, but the more I thought about it, it makes infinitely more sense that he's talking about the coaches. And that's when things kind of changed for me to where, again, I still think you shouldn't say it, but it's kind of like a, oh yeah, all right, you're 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 probably right, screw them. So in other words, again, just going through that first sentence again, I'm not going out of my way, I'm not playing through in- injuries anymore, because when things go wrong, they use it against you. In other words... I'm going above and beyond. I'm putting my body on the line. I'm putting my future on the line by risking additional injuries to help you win. And then you're going to throw me under the bus because I'm not playing up to a standard that you want. Now, the other interesting thing about this is, you know, in my mind, the second sentence was kind of its own thing. But I think it kind of ties in. He says, I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they give me. Now, that could just be a standalone sentence. But if you think about it and tie it in with the first sentence, I'm picturing that meme of like from Always Sunny, the guy with like the conspiracy theory thing. But just shut up and follow with me. Think about it from the standpoint of the coaches. I'm going to treat you the way that you treat me. Does that not tie into that first sentence, which essentially says to the coaches? I'm not going above and beyond and sacrificing myself so that you can, you can, you know, abuse me and take advantage of me anymore. In other words, it's not just a blanket statement of I'm not doing this anymore. It's I'm not going to do this if you're going to continue to do that. I'm going to give you what you're giving me. And if this is your plan, 
you're going to, you're, you're going to let, let's just say hypothetical and we'll get non-hypothetical in a minute, but let's, let's, so I, I, I think it's very possible that this is Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry. I don't think Devondre Campbell is a big fan of Joe Barry, and we'll get into that. But let's just say hypothetically he doesn't like Joe Barry and he doesn't think he's doing a very good job. So he puts together a bad game plan. He puts Devondre Campbell in a very bad situation. Like, for example, if your guy is injured but he's willing to go out there, maybe what you want to do is give him a little bit of extra help. Maybe don't make him the sole guy responsible for covering a really good slot corner basically all freaking day long. But then on top of that, you throw him under the bus, not just the defensive coordinator, like in the meeting room or whatever, but the head coach coming out talking about communication is the problem and all this other stuff, like refusing to talk about Joe Barry. And as I said on the Matt LaFleur or the the Matt Ramage show when I was talking to him, they did the same crap last year with Aaron Rodgers and it really ticked me off. Rodgers would have a bad day and Matt LaFleur would never, ever throw Rodgers under the bus. He would throw himself under the bus, the coaches under the bus, the other wide receivers under the bus. Everybody got thrown under the bus except Rodgers. What a stupid effing thing to do. Rodgers is one foot out the door, and you're going to throw everybody else under the bus? Bro, Joe Barry's gone. Your buddy is gone. These players are going to be here next year. Even if Devondre's not, Jair is, Rashawn is, Kenny is, Wyatt is, Preston is. Lucas is, you want this to be the new attitude? You hire a defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator sucks. The defense is bad. You blame the players. Then you and the defensive coordinator lose the locker room because you continue to defend the guy that's causing the problems, a guy that's one, that's, that's, uh, uh, he's, he's one foot and, and nine toes. I don't know how many toes he has and four toes out the door. He's got a weird left toe or left foot, bunch of toes. He's nine toes out the door. All right. Why would you throw the players under the bus? I don't give a crap if there's miscommunication. You need to be able to under you need to be smarter, Matt LaFleur. You need to understand Joe Barry's gone. Okay, I know. Well, no, I got to assess. I don't know that bull crap. You need to know that. You need to smarten up and realize Joe Barry's not coming back. He's not. So what do you do? I'm sorry about your buddy Joe Barry, and I know you don't want to throw him under the bus because he's he's a great guy and he's working hard and all that crap. You need to be intelligent here and recognize these guys are your priority. The locker room is your priority. And you're going to lose them because you're going to take the side of a guy that's not going to be here next year. That is the dumbest freaking thing that you can do. So stop coming to the podium and talking about miscommunications and all these different problems and everything else. We are failing as coaches. Don't go up there and say the players aren't communicating properly. They're not doing the right things. We as coaches are failing the players. We are failing to put them in situations to succeed. We are failing to communicate with them. The communication breakdown is more about us to them than them to each other. These mistakes shouldn't be happening, and that's on us. And even if that's what he means, he needs to be saying that more potently, more directly. Take it off your players. Put it on yourself. The season's almost done. Joe Barry is leaving. Take it all on yourself and then extend a hand. Understand that these are the guys putting their bodies on the line and they're broken down. So for example, what happened on defense? Well, there were a lot of miscommunication issues and a lot of other stuff, you know, day one install type stuff that's going wrong, right? That's what Matt LaFleur said. You can continue to say that, but you need to add to that a little bit. And that's on us as coaches. We have failed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like I just said. And then maybe add in, these guys have put their bodies on the line. We got guys out there that are not fully healthy that, that the other guys wouldn't even be out there. 
and we should be helping them. We should be putting them in a position to succeed. We should we should be giving them assistance instead of putting them on an island. And we're, we're, we're not doing that. And that is not on them. That is not on Devondre Campbell. That is not on Jair Alexander. They are not having bad years. They are not falling off. They're fighting and battling through injury just to get on the field to try to save what little what little freaking pride there is left in this unit. This has been a complete failure in terms of our expectations and the standard we set here. That's on us as coaches. I take responsibility for that, and that will be fixed. Now, I know that's a little bit too pointed, and everyone's going to be like, oh, that's on Joe Barry. I don't give a crap. You're losing your locker room. If you're not going to fire Joe Barry, you got to send some kind of a message to your locker room because this is becoming dire. Because now I'm starting to look at it like this. What he's describing sounds a lot like what maybe Jair is doing. Right? Jair's hurt. No doubt about it. But maybe the reason it's taking him so long to come back is because he probably could have been back, but he would have been back hurt. And he would have risked further injury that could have potentially gone into next year. And on top of that, when his play dips, he's the one that's going to take a hit for that. And rather than, you know, he takes a hit in the media, rather than, than having your coach come run to your defense, it's, yeah, we got to play better. We got to know that you can't be off in those situations. We, we, we can't be playing off like that. We can't be doing those kinds of things. And, and, and the players are sitting there just like throwing the middle finger up to their TVs and their cell phones as they're watching this. Like, dude, F you. So again, I don't like this. And at the very least, he should have phrased it differently. But I do think that they're, at the very least, Matt LaFleur needs to smarten up. And if he doesn't realize that, <sighs> I don't know, man. I mean, there's a big part of me that really thinks that he's just saying what he genuinely believes. Joe Barry's doing a fantastic job, and these players just suck, and they're not listening. Because for some reason, Matt LaFleur can't figure out that if these guys can't do basic things, there's a problem with the, um, what's it called? Oh, coaching. So the more this thing starts to unravel, and I tell you what, if, if, if they cannot contain Carolina, he has to be fired, right? Because listen, we're out of the playoffs. It's the, let me, let me look. The, the offense is a freaking joke. Yeah, third worst offense. Of course, not quite as bad as the Giants, but you know, real bad. Actually worse than the Giants when you look at the weighted DVOA, which is more recently. The only offense that's, that's worse is uh, the Jets by a freaking mile. The defense isn't great, but they're 24th, which is better than the freaking uh, Packers who are currently sitting at 30th when you look at their weighted DVOA. But, you know, whatever. I'm sorry. Li- listen, if you can't contain... The, the two weeks... two two t- You played two of the bottom three defenses in the NFL the last three weeks. If you If your defense fails... Both times against those two teams, and you're out of the playoffs. There's no more excuses. And again, like I, I understand the whole like, well, his contract's going to run out. We don't have to fire him. And I, there's a, I am, I am beginning to get absolutely terrified about this locker room situation. You have to send a message to your locker room that this is on the coaching. And that it will be fixed. And we're going to get a new voice in here. We're going to get all new stuff. Because we as coaches have failed you. That needs to be the message to the players. Not, hey, you need to learn how to communicate. Hey, this is day one install stuff. You guys suck. You need to learn this. You guys can't be doing this. Bull crap. That's over with. It's done. I mean, how unbelievable. You know, I I have, uh, 
I said I wasn't going to talk about defense, and I'm just I'm off on a freaking thing here. Uh, I tell you what, let's let's take a break, and I'll get to this next point. I don't know why I preface anything like we're not doing this today. I, I don't know what we're doing. I have a plan, but it doesn't mean anything. We probably won't even get to it today. Oh, let's take a break. We'll come back, and I want to make an additional point about this freaking defense, which again, weighted DVOA, they rank thirtieth ahead of Arizona and Washington. Ugh. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You know, in the hobby, it's not easy of being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We always hype ourselves up thinking we're going to get some kind of a mint signed Jordan Love card or something. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, is all just a shot in the dark. That is until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, I finally feel like I know what I'm getting. I don't know if you saw the video me and my son did. That was us on ArenaClub.com looking for new cards for my kid. Still on our YouTube channel. You should check it out. They have an incredible website. Slab packs are way better than mystery packs. Immediately after your pulls, they put your cards safe in a vault. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club's got the card collection platform that you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. That is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. What's going on, U.S. Cellular customers? I've got good news, so don't hit skip, at least not yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What is Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks. Like $1,200 off any phone, plus $300 off any tablet. No, I didn't just misread that. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thank you. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get $1,200 off any phone, plus $300 off any tablet. Terms apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and so just, just to be clear, I'm not saying the players are in no way responsible because, of course, they bear some responsibility for some of the issues. And in fact, the reason that they're probably uh, the weighted DVOA is even worth and, and it's drifting in the wrong direction might have something to do with the, you know, again, the players starting to lose heart. They, they, they don't believe anymore. They don't, 
freaking care anymore to some degree, which is, you know, BS, but it's human nature. As much as I wish that it wasn't, it's just a thing that happens. But here, here's another point, because how many times have I talked about, like, I, you go through the top 10 defenses, just using PFF, and I go through their players, and I'm like, look, we should be in this group. You know, you look, you look at Cleveland. You got Miles Garrett and what? And what? You got Miles Garrett and Zadarius at edge, and Maurice Hurst on the interior. You got JOK at linebacker. You, you don't have any corners. This is the number one defense in football. But let's look at it from the other side. Even if, oh, no, we're, we're, we don't have that much talent. You're exaggerating how much talent we have. Okay, explain this to me. We rank 30th. You're telling me that the talent that we have on defense is comparable to Arizona? Let, let's go through their defense, shall we? Stop me when you hear, like, premier players. So the interior defensive line, they have Roy Lopez. Literally never heard of him in my life. Um, Dante Stills, sounds familiar, don't know who he is. Neither of these guys, I mean, they're both graded in the 60s. And Carlos Watkins, uh, not entirely sure uh, who these guys are. They have Jonathan Ledbetter, is actually their number one interior guy. I was sorting by the wrong thing. He has a 37 grade. Uh, Dante Stills is number two at a 60. Kevin Strong, 53. So that's their interior. The guy with the 30s, guy in the 50s, and guy in the 60s. Okay, so not great, and I don't really know who these freaking guys are. On edge, who are their edge rushers? Oh, Zaven Collins. There you go. I remember him. We wanted him pretty bad. Uh, he has a 75 grade, not bad. He has 23 pressures on 215 attempts. He's right at 10% with four sacks. Whoopty frickin' do. What else we got here? The other edge rusher, uh, Dennis Gardeck. He has uh, 30 pressures on 200 attempts, which is pretty good, and five sacks. He has a 54 run defense grade, but, you know, he's the pass rush is kind of there. Uh, let's see. At linebacker, they have uh, Kaiser White. 58 PFF grade, and Josh Woods, 32 PFF grade. I don't know who those people... I mean, Kaiser White, I remember. Was he... He was a fourth-round pick, 2018. I remember his name, but I... Yeah, he hasn't done jack squat. And I don't know who Josh Woods is. I Who is Josh Woods? He is a 2018 undrafted free agent, and he is a 31-32 PFF grade. Okay. Corners. Number one corner. Again, stop me when you hear that name that just is like, oh, man, he's so good. Marco Wilson. Remember that guy? I don't. 2021 fourth-round pick Marco Wilson out of Florida. I'm sure at the time I remembered. Probably was a big fan of him. Don't know. I, he hit 41 grade, 40 coverage grade. That's their number one corner. Number two corner is uh, Kytrell Clark. Kytrell Clark, sixth-round pick this year. He has a 53 PFF grade. That's their number two corner. And then uh, the number three corner is Antonio Hamilton Sr., 2016 undrafted free agent. He has a 63 PFF grade. So that's their corners. They all are really bad. And then the safeties maybe you've heard of. Jalen Thompson. Why is he not even... Oh, was he in the... uh, Was he the guy that was the... uh, what do you call that? The the extra draft thing? I wonder if that's what it was, because I remember his name. It was a big deal, and Packer fans really wanted him. But he actually has a 73 PFF grade. He's uh, he's doing okay. He's had two good games, 
since, uh, you know, since week eight, I guess, which is pretty good. And then, of course, the elite Buda Baker. Everybody knows and loves Buda Baker. 67 PFF grade. We all pretend he's some kind of elite safety. Uh, he never really has been. He's either 60s or 70s every year. He's in the 60s this year. 67 run defense grade, 65 coverage grade. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not super great. So that is Arizona. They have mostly guys I've never heard of. They have three people that grade out in the 70s. Again, safety Jalen Thompson, edge rusher Zayvon Collins, and then edge rusher Dennis Gardeck. Those are the guys that are in the 70s. Bunch of other guys in the 30s and whatnot, too. This is the, the next worst defense. Is this, is this kind of closer to what our defense is? A defense that needs an entire overhaul that really doesn't have a single human being on it that needs to get another contract, aside from, like, Zavin, maybe Jalen Thompson, I don't know. A lot of these guys are getting up in age anyways. Is that, is that, is that the same thing? Because I'm pretty sure our interior defensive line is better than theirs. I'm pretty sure our edge rushers are better than theirs. I'm pretty sure our linebackers are better than theirs. I'm positive our corners are better than theirs. They do have maybe better safeties, although not by much, because Darnell Savage is graded out about the same as Buda Baker. So really, it's just Rudy Ford versus uh, Jalen Thompson, which is in Jalen Thompson's favor. That's, that's, that is like the situation we're in. When I look at Arizona and you look at that defense and you look at those players, you wouldn't expect anything better than that. When I look at the Green Bay Packers and the players that they have, and granted, they're not graded out very well, but that's kind of the problem. This year, the, the, the grades have all plummeted. That's an issue in and of itself. That's an issue. Is that is that is this our defense, or or you know Washington who traded away Chase Young to the 49ers, traded away Montez Sweat to the Bears in complete teardown mode? That's where we belong with the teams that don't have pieces and have traded everybody away are in and, and are in complete teardown mode. That's where we belong. It's just freaking unacceptable. Here's a here's a fun one. They look at defenses and they'll rank how they do against wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and tight ends, which is actually pretty useful when you're doing things like uh, prize picks and whatnot. The Packers, when guarding wide receiver one, rank 28th in sort of stopping that number one wide receiver. In stopping the number two wide receiver, they rank 19th. Wide receiver three, 17th. Against tight ends, they rank 30th. Against stopping running backs, as far as passing goes, 21st. And then probably the funniest freaking metric of all. This is a bend-don't-break defense, right? So what, what is the main focus? of The, the, the main frustration here, the, the pressure point between fans and uh, the Joe Barry defense is, listen, I know you think you want more aggression, but you should be grateful because what we're really doing is preventing explosive plays, and explosive plays are what matter, right? So you think you know what you want, but you don't. And in reality, taking away those explosive plays, not allowing those types of things, is what matters. And that's why we're able to keep the points low, and that's why the defense really isn't that bad, right? Okay, so let's talk about that, shall we? In terms of stopping or where they rank on short passes, 27th. You know where they rank on deep passes? 
Their DVOA is 56.6 on defense. They rank 28th. It goes Arizona, Washington, Chargers, and then us. I miss Tennessee, whatever. The fifth worst defense against deep passing. Bro, you're not even good at like the one thing. Like we're supposed to like take our medicine, right? I know it's not fun. I know it's not flashy. I know it's not exciting. But at the end of the day, it's the right thing. It's like eating your vegetables, man. You just got to eat them because your body needs it. I know it tastes like crap. I know vegetables taste gross, but just eat it, man. You need the carrots for your eyes and stuff, you know? Spinach because Popeye's jacked and then you'll get ripped, even though that has nothing to do with it. But, you know, you got to do it. Okay, fine, Joe. We'll play off. We'll play back. We'll give up the short yardage. We'll rank 27th in short passing. Because that's, that's, that's apparently by choice. We'll take the medicine. And in return, you're promising us now, in return, we are, uh, we're not going to have to deal with explosive plays, right? Well, no, actually, we were ranked 28th in deep passing as well. Okay. What is it you do here exactly? That's like being on a diet and being fat. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? It's like... You're on. You're 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 morbidly obese, and we're gonna put you on a diet. You're gonna eat nothing but vegetables all day long, and you're gonna drink water and freaking cucumbers and Brussels sprouts, and that's it. And it's like, dang, that sucks. But you know, if it's what I have to do to lose weight, oh, you won't be losing weight. No, actually, uh, you're you might get fatter. You're a little. You're gonna get a little bit. You're gonna gain weight, but uh, but you're gonna eat this crap. That's how it's going to go. No, dude, if I'm going to gain weight, I'm going to eat cake. Okay? I'm going to eat meatballs. I'm going to make it, I'm going to eat a freaking meatball sub. It's one or the other. I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to eat good. Joe Barry is Brussels sprouts and, and obesity. T-shirt. <laughs> I like t-shirts that don't make sense. They're funnier. Joe Barry is Brussels sprouts and obesity. That's what we got right now. If we're going to suck, let's at least suck with some style. Okay? I'd rather we be 28th, but we're going down swinging. We're sending guys off the edge. We're freaking pressing them up. Like, we're going, we're just, we're coming at you, bro. Like, we lead the league in penalties and ejections and deep passing, but, man, nobody wants to play the Packers because we want to smash the crap out of you. I could live with that. Or, it's really boring. It's really vanilla. We don't do anything interesting, but we rank ninth. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll swallow your bend, don't break bull crap. If we can do that, but I'm not eating Brussels sprouts and gaining weight, dude. Anyways, I got to get started unpacking it after dark. So why don't we take one more break? We'll come back and uh, I want to laugh about something real quick and then we'll do something serious. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, We'll find out. We'll find out. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All set for your flight? Yep. I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T Mobile, headphones. Wait. T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So here's the deal. <laughs> I I went on about a 30-minute tirade here. Um and I I it felt good to get it off my chest. It was it was completely unprompted. I was trying to do something else and I got ticked off and I went on a 30-minute rant. And it got to the point where as I was saying the words, I was realizing, I don't think you can post this. <laughs> I mean, there have been podcasts in the past that I've I've wrestled with, and I'm like, you know, this one could get you straight up canceled for sure. For sure. But we're going to do it anyways, because I feel like it. Because I am not going to not do it for those reasons. Um, this is one of those times, and I decided let's just delete it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not necessary. I just got annoyed that I was trying to find something, and... What I found was so stupid, and I figured it's probably better for me to rant to myself. I, I got to say it out loud. I got to yell it, but uh, I think I'm going to keep it to myself. But now I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right, very, very, very quickly, because now it's 9.34, and Packernet After Dark is going to be very freaking late. I should be going to bed right now. I'm an idiot. So here's here's the deal. Let's Let's just do this. Um, I'm closing all the tabs. Dara, I believe it was. Let me try to pull this up on my uh, bookmarks here. He had posted something that I found relatively interesting that I wanted to do. Oh, 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 jeez. Forgot about this. We'll get to that in a second. Man, I'm a basket case. Um, going back to Devondre Campbell very quickly. I mentioned that I'm going to go ahead and call it hypothetical that he doesn't like Joe Barry, but I'm pretty sure that he doesn't like Joe Barry. Here's the deal. So um, on Twitter, at underscore Brooke with an E22, it's a Brooke fan account, whatever, posted something. Apparently this person, I'm guessing Brooke is a female, but I don't know, had uh, put a comment. I'm guessing it was on Devondre Campbell's thing, right? The thing that we just talked about commented, maybe the curse word DC should take some accountability for once. And that was liked by one person. That one person is Devondre Campbell's wife. Now, I'm not saying Devondre Campbell's wife can't have her own opinion on things that could differ with her husband. But I have a feeling 
if Devondre Campbell was going home at night saying, man, Joe Barry's the man, he's doing a great job, and um, you know, I'm tired of everybody ripping him up and down in the media, I don't think she'd go on social media and be like, my husband doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, I'm going to like these comments anyways. She gets her information from the source who is her husband. So if she has a negative opinion, if her opinion is, which it is because she liked this post, Devondre Campbell's wife opinion is that the defensive coordinator is a swear word, is a uh, a but, we'll say, and doesn't take accountability for, let's say, oh, I don't know, being the actual problem and not the players. That is her opinion. Where did that come from? Where would that opinion come from? How does she even form her opinions on what's happening with the Green Bay Packers? Is it because her husband happens to be a football player for a starting linebacker for the Green Bay Packers and informs his wife on what's going on that when he comes home from work, like many other people, he will vent about some of the problems? You know, you got that person at work that you really don't like. Guess what's going to happen? Your wife's going to know about it, and she's not going to like that person either based on what you're telling her. So as far as I'm concerned, this was liked by Devondre Campbell. Now, here's the good news. I'm actually encouraged by this. Because if the entire locker room is mad at the defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, then this can be fixed by replacing Joe Barry. And listen, it does, the scheme thing doesn't even matter anymore. He could be running the best scheme in the world, calling the exact right plays. At this point, doesn't matter. He lost the locker room. So we got to find somebody else to gain the locker room. My only fear, as I've already expressed, is that Matt LaFleur screwed himself by getting his his defensive coordinators back instead of his players. That's my fear. But my my hope is that Matt LaFleur can send a message to the players by essentially firing Joe Barry, or not giving him another contract, but we'll just call it firing for the sake of please like me players, uh, firing Joe Barry and finding somebody else. That's that's my hope. But I found that uh, at first when I saw it, I didn't think much of it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, that that means kind of a lot, actually. All right, where was I? Okay, uh, Dara. He posted a little thing here. It says, rookie Lucas Van Ness, 16 pressures, three sacks, seven tackles for a loss, 24 first contact hits. Uh, whatever that means. Rookie Rashawn Gary, 15 pressures, three sacks, two tackles for a loss, 19 first contact hits. Now, that's one less pressure, the same amount of sacks. uh, For Rashawn Gary, that is. Rashawn Gary had one less pressure, same amount of sacks, five less tackles for a loss, and uh, five less hits, first contact hits, whatever. Now, there were a couple things as soon as I saw this, I didn't necessarily care for it because I was like, that's kind of a weird thing because... You know, Rashawn didn't play a ton in his rookie year, plus it was a full year. I don't really know. So I wanted to look at it for myself, and so I did. And actually, the reason, because uh, I, I thought it was a good idea to actually talk about it, but I wanted to wait until the right time. But the reason that now is the right time, as far as I'm concerned, is that uh, Rashawn Gary, although he did play less, let's see, less overall snaps. In his rookie year, he played 256 snaps, and Lucas Van Ness this year has played 315. So really, Rashawn Gary, from an overall snap standpoint, was better than Lucas Van Ness. And that's what I kind of didn't like. It's like he didn't play a ton, although Lucas Van Ness has neither. Here's the thing, though. Pass rush opportunity. Rashawn Gary, 152. 
Lucas Van Ness, 154. This is exactly the week to be looking at pass rush statistics and comparing them side by side because they're almost identical. So at this point, and and we'll we'll look at run defense just because it's sitting here. Rashawn Gary, um, in his rookie year, had a 66 run defense grade. Lucas Van Ness has a 67.4 run defense grade, almost identical. Slightly better, but almost identical. Tackling grade, Rashawn Gary, 53. Lucas Van Ness, 64.5. So Lucas Van Ness, slightly better. Um, pass rush grade, 59.5 for Lucas uh, for Rashawn Gary. Uh, 60, or excuse me, 58. I'm looking at his final game there. 58.4 for Lucas Van Ness. Almost identical, slightly worse for Lucas. Total pressures, 16 for Rashawn, 13 for Lucas Van Ness. So slightly less for Lucas Van Ness, but very similar. Again, three sacks apiece. Hits, again, three for Rashawn, three for uh, Lucas Van Ness. And then hurries, Rashawn had 10, Lucas Van Ness has seven. So they are very, very similar through their first, you know, again, Rashawn has played less overall, but as far as pass rush, they're nearly identical. And they're at a very similar spot right now. And I was wrong about run defense. Rashawn, I, I keep doing it. I keep looking at the wrong thing. But still, again, very, very similar. 63 for Lucas Van Ness, 66 for Rashawn Gary. Now, obviously, that is encouraging because a lot of people are looking at Lucas Van Ness saying, this isn't good enough. We expected more, blah, blah, blah. But we went through this with Rashawn Gary. He is a developmental guy, very, very young, extremely high upside, but raw. He's the number three-ish edge rusher, which means he's not getting as many snaps as the number one or number two, although Rashawn was out for a while, so he got a little bit more exposure at that time. But again, as you can see, even after the next three weeks, I mean, let's see, he had nine pass rush opportunities last week. So that'll be like, he'll be 29 pass rush reps ahead because he's you know already two ahead. So it's, it's still going to be almost identical as far as the pass rush is concerned, even with maybe having a slightly elevated role for a couple weeks. And Lucas Van Ness has many years to grow. And, you know, Rashawn Gary took a jump from year one to year two. His overall grade went from a 55.8 to a 68.1. And then it was in year three when he exploded. And remember, I, I went through a lot of the other pass rushers. Almost all of the even elite pass rushers didn't break out until year two. And, and, and again, Rashawn Gary technically broke out year two if you look at total rep. Because he was he was kind of held back compared to the a lot of the other guys. When you look at how many snaps these guys had before they broke out, Rashawn and like Bosa are identical, and Garrett or whoever I don't I don't remember exactly who. So there's still the the bottom line is there's lots of reason for optimism for Lucas Van Ness. We talk about tight ends very rarely break out. Again, this is very true for edge rushers as well. Not a lot of these guys come out and just dominate. I, who did we look at just recently? Josh Allen, and a lot of times even I. Sometimes just kind of get stuff in my head where I'm like, ah, they're not even that good. I remember Rashawn Gary, he's better than Josh Allen, all that stuff. And it was similar. Like his first year, he had a 68.4 grade. Second year, 69.6 grade. That's not very good. Then he exploded year three, 78.5. Then 85 after that. So another big jump in year four. And this year he has an 89.5, nearly a 90 PFF grade. It's year five and he hasn't even peaked yet. You're five. He's only 26 years old. He's 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 maybe going to peak around now. Lucas Van Ness is in year one. So so we're talking what 2023, 2024, five, six, 2027 maybe. Lucas Van Ness might peak, and we want to give up on him halfway through his rookie year. You know what I mean? We're talking about like that first big jump 
maybe for Lucas Van Ness coming in 2025, which I guarantee everyone's going to give up on him at that point. I mean, after year one, he's got three sacks. Maybe he gets that up to four by the time the season's done. Dude, everyone's done with him. And in 2024, he still hasn't blown up. Oh, everyone's going to be done with him. It's game over. Be patient. He's a talented guy. I'm excited. I mean, there's a real possibility here. And I hope that, you know, Rashawn doesn't peak too early and start to come back down the other side. Because if we can get Rashawn Gary playing at a high level and get Lucas Van Ness up to a similar level, even if we can get like two or three years out of that, of just like elite, like peak Rashawn and Lucas Van Ness playing at that, you know how beneficial that is to have just two premier guys? Ooh, maybe you get Wyatt going a little bit, you know? Keep Jair rolling. Add in a couple more pieces. Dang. Anyways, got me excited. I thought it was fun little context. Wanted to look at a couple other things that are similar to that. But again, it's now 946. I have to get Packernet after dark posted in 15, 13 minutes. That ain't going to happen. But uh, so with that, you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you uh, tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.